0: Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, lawmakers receive updates on the status of the InVision program. The dispute over ownership of the former Keneal Bay Resort continues. The Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation Commissioner Calvert White provides a status update on the Paul E. Joseph Stadium. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed
1: from the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System studios on St. Thomas.
2: This is the WTJX
1: Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas.
0: Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. The status of the Envision Tomorrow program left lawmakers with much skepticism after testimony from Office of Disaster Recovery's director, Adrian Williams octolin
3: A total of 2,084 applications were submitted to the program. Of that amount, 610 applications have been deemed eligible. To date, 30 homes have been completed and nine are in construction. Currently, 227 homes are in various stages of processing and 353 are left to be started.
0: Director Williams-Octolin stated that over the last 90 days, the Office of Disaster Recovery has conducted in-depth assessments into the pervasive issues impacting the program. The assessment found that the rising cost of construction has invalidated many of the solicitations and varying delays have impeded progress. She stated that one initiative they are seeking to implement to expedite the work is the launch of Mission 100, an initiative to have 100 homes in construction by summer of 2024, with solicitation expected to be released in March. Senator at large, Angel Boquez, wanted to know additional steps that were being taken to ensure construction.
3: There's several things that's happening. We are uh, providing through our IAATA funding that was provided by FEMA to help to manage all of the recovery projects. We have additional resources to us um, through like Jacobs Engineering, um, national companies under contract by FEMA to provide us some uh, construction management training for the team and also to ensure that we train the contractors up front on the things that they need to submit so that we can facilitate timely payment. when when invoice packages are not done correctly, it takes time to process. We understand timely payments are critical in order to keep projects moving.
0: Another initiative the office was set to undertake was to maximize their person's contract, assigning a minimum of 10 homes per month until the end of the year to Person Service Corporation that is currently under contract. Senator Marvin Blyden Wanted to know the status of construction material that was already purchased under the Envision program.
4: I was in St. quite I saw the, the pile of materials, many of them on the top is no good. And also in St. Thomas, what's the status of the materials, the lumber, especially the lumber that's sitting there in the element? Talk
5: to me.
3: Yes, and that was one of the, when we, we took over, this was the first, one of the first things I've done was to the lumber yard so the one thing that is is important to note though that the lumber there is the is tier one lumber it is the best lumber you can absolutely get and it's not sold in the territory so with that it's it's a lot of it there's some there's some spoilage of course Um, but there's um, a lot that's still good. So what we're trying to do is identify the remaining homes that need to be done and um, segment everything that um, is necessary for those homes and be able to move it forward.
0: Senator Dwayne DeGraff told Director Williams-Octolin the Mission 100 goal was impossible, referencing how long the Envision program has already been in existence with minimal progress. Director Williams-Octolin pushed back to the Senator's point.
3: Senator, I, 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 you, you just mentioned that this is an audacious task, yeah. and I tell my team we have to be forward-facing and solutions-oriented. So whatever happened in the past is the past. We need to fix the homes, and we're moving forward to fix the homes. I need you I, I to I encourage support. that mm-hmm. we can do this, because if you believe we can't, and everybody believes we can't, then we're wasting our time. We have to put our resources and fix those homes.
4: I believe I have of a million dollars but my bank Kong, don't say so.
0: The director maintained that the goal was to complete 50 homes on St. Thomas and 50 homes on St. Croix by the end of the year. The dispute over ownership of the former Canal Bay Resort may be closer to a resolution. CBI Acquisitions, the most recent operator, filed a notice in court formally disavowing interest in the property. The filing, which is largely viewed as symbolic, reiterates the company's position as described in a previous filing by attorney Chad Messier on behalf of EHI Acquisitions. EHI previously filed a quiet title claim against the U.S. government in June of 2022, and lawyers for the government responded with a motion to dismiss, arguing that CBI should have been joined as a necessary party. CBI Acquisitions had previously lobbied unsuccessfully for a 60-year no-bid lease extension as an incentive to rebuild the resort and recoup a purported $100 million investment after the 2017 hurricanes destroyed improvements to the property, which has still not reopened to overnight guests. Gary Ingold, who is a principal of both EHI and CBI, signed a disavowal of interest on behalf of CBI, which was filed by EHI attorney Julian Adams in U.S. District Court. Third, U.S. Circuit Judge Cheryl Ann Krause has ordered the government to advise the court of its position on the status of the motion to dismiss by March 8th. According to court records, both parties agreed that the government's motion to dismiss would be moot if CBI agreed to be bound by any judgment rendered by the court in EHI's lawsuit. Lawyers for the government still have not yet filed a response. Lutheran Social Services of the Virgin Islands was recently visited from local officials and officials from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to include Claudia Monterosa, Deputy Assistant Secretary for Grant Programs, to tour the new site of the Sister Emma Cottage at the Queen Louise Home for Children on St. Croix. The Sister Emma Cottage currently serves as a home for children and young adults with severe physical and developmental disabilities who are medically fragile. Queen Louise Home Director Euclid Hendricks says the tour was conducted as Lutheran Social Services received CDBG-DR funding for the new construction.
4: It was well received, at least uh, I got that uh, feedback from one of the persons uh, who were here, that it it went very well. The the explanations that were given, they wanted to find out about hardening, they wanted to find out about conservation features. Um, As you know, we are going green and uh, they told us that the fund that is provided requires us to have hardening and requires us to have um, green features.
0: The new facility is slated to have a state-of-the-art simulation room designed to provide enhanced resources and be a more comfortable home for the residents. It's being constructed on the expanded property that was purchased by the Lutheran Social Services as the current facility sits in what has become a flood zone. That's according to Lutheran Social Services Chief Executive Officer Junia John Straker.
6: We've never seen uh, more rain than right after um the, the right between the two hurricanes, um, and it continues to flood a lot, although um, a swale um, was funded by um, a group from Denmark, the, equal to our FEMA here in the, in the Virgin Islands or in the U.S., and so it'll be re- located at a higher plane on the property,
0: Starting tomorrow, Lutheran Social Services will begin to receive bids from contractors to build the new facility. For more information on how to bid, contact 340-772-4099. The trial for four men charged for the December 4, 2021 armed robbery of a Haven site jewelry store that left a customer dead is expected to begin in March. Akenda Weeks, Micaiah Cozier, Jamar Lewis, and Junior Marcelo Garcia are charged with murder, attentive murder, robbery, assault, grand larceny, reckless endangerment, and the use of illegal weapons used in a violent crime. Security cameras in the vicinity of the December 4th robbery showed all four men, three of whom were minors at the time but have since been charged as adults, entering the store prior to the robbery. Investigators said the robbery team entered wearing black clothing and masks, but were identified through other forensic means. A security guard and Georgiana Julian, a customer, were shot and wounded in the robbery. Julian later died on January 2nd of 2022. An estimated $18,000 in merchandise was taken during the incident. Supreme Court Judge Carol Thomas Jacobs has been assigned to preside over the trial, and if found guilty, all defendants could face the possibility of life in prison. Providing updates on the status of park projects, Calvert-White, Commissioner of the Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation, told the Office of Disaster Recovery's Director, Adrian williams Octolin, that there has been issues regarding improvements being done to the Emil Griffith Ballpark on St. Thomas.
5: Yeah, this is one of the projects that are getting a, a real overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll start with the bleachers. Uh, we had aluminum bleachers pre storm. Uh, we're changing it to a kind of a concrete based individual seating bleachers. Um, above the concession, uh, something new. We're going to be able to move our office from outside and outfield to now around the facility. What this is going to do, again, safety is always our number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. priority, is it's going to bring the, the uh, employees closer in contact with the people that use our facility. So now they'll be able to sit in our office and still view. Hopefully they sit in the office too long, Mm -hmm. but still view what's going on in the facility. Um, Again, like all of the facilities, we're gonna be having brand new LED lights, a new scoreboard. We also got a brand new score box built at that facility. Important also is that the restroom facility, because that facility is used so much, uh, we was able to expand it upgraded to have ADA restrooms. That's right.
0: The project began in August of 2023, and he says there are hopes for it to be completed in 2024.
5: One of the most difficult things at that facility is the lighting project, mm-hmm. um, because of how close proximity is to the water. Right. Uh, once I- we started to dig and we did some, some earth studies, uh, we, we, we saw that pretty close down when we started drilling, we was already seeing water in that facility. Um, Once we could figure that out, and that's the hard part right now, I think we'll be able to complete this project.
0: Commissioner White also provided an update on the much-anticipated Paulie Joseph Stadium on St. Croix.
5: I I was very um, encouraged um, with my last visit. Mm -hmm. Um, The lights have already gone up in that facility. They have the new LED lights. Um the the, the the concrete base for the bleachers are starting to go in. You can actually see the facility starting to take shape Fair. now mm-hmm. as a baseball field. Uh the contractor has already cleared out where the Little League field is going to be going to Terrence Martin.
0: The full interview can be viewed this evening on the latest episode of Recovery and Focus at eight PM on WTJX TV or online at the WTJX Facebook page. Also, the Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation has temporarily closed the Medra Cummings Park on St. Croix to facilitate the installation of upgraded lighting fixtures. The park will remain closed from today until Tuesday, March 5th. After hosting a series of trainings in both districts related to the nomination papers for the sixth constitutional convention, Deputy Supervisor of Elections Terrell Alexandre said the election system of the Virgin Islands will be hosting another series of trainings.
6: The upcoming trainings are for potential candidates who are interested in running during the 2024 election cycle for public offices. The training will include what is required to become a candidate, and the dates to when you pick up
4: your packages, the dates of when you will file the packages, and any other information that we can provide in regard to seeking public office.
0: On St. Thomas, the training will take place at the Elections Office in Lockhart Gardens, upstairs from Banco Popular, on Tuesday, March 19th, at 5.30 p.m., and on St. Croix at the elections office in the Sunny Isle Shopping Center on Thursday, March 21st, also at 5.30 p.m. In a move to posthumously honor Dr. Fanella Cooper, who was a writing and life skills teacher at the Charlotte Malley High School and tennis teacher at the University of the Virgin Islands, lawmakers voted in favor to rename the tennis court at the university in her honor dr cooper who passed away on august 12th of 2021 was remembered as a dedicated educator invited testifier and former opponent and doubles partner gerald walters called dr cooper a relentless tennis player
1: she was uh, one of the most
4: steady players consistent uh, you could chances of her missing a shot was uh, was very slim
0: University of the Virgin Islands president, Dr. David Hall, also praised Cooper, stating that her family was an anchor at the university. Dr. Hall went further to state that due to a lack of funding, there was no tennis program presently at the university to be able to train the next generation of Fenella Coopers.
1: What would make this bill more meaningful is that you amend it to provide funding for annual maintenance and funding for a tennis program and team at UVI. In the bill, it states, and I quote, Dr. Cooper helped to organize, conduct tennis workshops for junior and adult players in the US Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands, and elsewhere in the Caribbean and in the mainland United States, end of quote. The university can't continue that part of her legacy, and we need the Senate to assist us with this goal. This is how we keep the legacy and spirit of Caribbean people alive. We not only name facilities after them, but we ensure that something new and different occurs so that we leave the facility and the people better than we found them.
0: Dr. Hall told lawmakers that it would take a recurring cost of $68,000 to fund the program at the university. Lawmakers ultimately voted in favor of the measure that was sponsored by Senator Marvin Blyden. The Department of Public Works and VITRAN has announced upcoming changes to its transportation policies, affecting both the fare structure and the senior citizen free ride policy, effective March 18th. The senior citizen free ride policy will now restrict free rides between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. and will exclude peak morning and evening commute times. The adjustment is aimed at alleviating overcrowding during the busiest hours. Effective April 15th, there will be a fair increase for fixed-route bus services and paratransit services. The fixed-route bus service will go from $1 to the proposed increase of $2.50, and the paratransit van, currently at $2, will be increased to the proposed fee of $5.00. Under the new fare structure, discounts for Medicare cardholders and free rides for seniors will still be available. VITRAN has not increased its fares since its inception in 1994 and is inviting the public to provide feedback on the fare changes by March 26. Comments can be submitted via email to vitranplanning at dpw.vi.gov or by leaving a voice message at 340 244 A few days before his 95th birthday, lawmakers honored St. Thomas Bishop William Industrius by voting to rename a portion of the Gamle Gata in his honor. Dr. Andrea Dorsey, Bishop Industrius' granddaughter, testified in support of the proposed measure. As I encounter people in the community, personal experiences are shared pertaining to my grandfather's generosity and kindness towards them, ranging from individuals of single-parent
6: households to those who arrived in the Virgin Islands from other neighboring
0: islands. Industrious, who refused to take a salary for his ministerial work, instead dedicated money from his careers as a taxi driver and waiter. He shared that he heard his religious revelation in 1958 while living near what is now the Charlotte Amali Federal Building.
4: And when I accept the call, my life was changed completely from the way I was living. Gambling, smoking, drinking, as a young man, immediately everything that I used to do was gone, had no desire plane ticket, everything went, that desire went for me.
0: Industria said he was left speechless at the honoring proposed by Senator Carla Joseph.
4: My heart is so filled today that I lost for words mm. to hear the many testimony concerning my life and the little that I have done in this life. What I did it's because of the love that I find in Jesus. Amen.
0: A WAPA subcontractor working on the ongoing GIS inventory project will be conducting assessments on the system's assets. Director of Communications Chanel Peterson has the details of that project.
6: The Virgin Water Power Authority has a contractor DV Resource Group. And they are conducting a geographic information system inventory project. And part of that project is taking inventory of all of the authorities, transmission and distributions assets. So uh, this week and next week, they will be conducting this inventory on St. Thomas on the Main Street area. They just completed the Crown Mountain area, and they will continue with the Botany Bay, Surgeon Free, and Dorothea areas. So those feeders that are um, being inventoried right now are feeders 6B, 6A, and 7A.
0: Director Peterson says there will be manhole crews who will be directing traffic so that assessments may be done safely, and single-lane closures will be required for a few locations. She said the purpose for their part in the GIS project will be to aid the system post-disaster.
6: The GIS project is going to aid in disaster recovery because part of it includes being able to accelerate or, you know, decrease response time to system problems, as well as being able to offer asset tracking. So knowing where All of our assets are, our materials or equipment are out there in the field. It'll also support load monitoring and provide system analysis.
0: In more updates on the news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. Members of the CARICOM regional trade bloc issued a statement at the end of the four-day summit in Guyana, saying that Haitian Prime Minister Ariel Henry has agreed to hold general elections by mid-2025 and work with the opposition and civil society groups to achieve the goal. The statement said that all stakeholders in Haitian society, including Henry, will have to make concessions to allow for elections and the restoration of democracy. CARICOM heads also expressed their deep concern over the continued deterioration of security, humanitarian and political situation and the continued delay in overcoming the political stalemate which has blocked the possibility of free and fair elections. An assessment team will be created by the United States, Canada and the United Nations to help Haiti prepare for elections. Prime Minister Henry has repeatedly pledged to hold elections ever since being sworn in as prime minister after the July 2021 assassination of President Jovenel Moïse. He and other officials say gang violence has not allowed them to move forward on those promises. Bahamian Prime Minister Philip Davis said that Haiti was hemorrhaging and that CARICOM would soon host a meeting in Jamaica of key Haitian stakeholders as the region strives to find a political solution for the country. We're turning now to our meteorologists for the territory's weather forecast.
2: High pressure remains to the north and generally quiet weather is expected as we head into March. We may see some isolated shower activity driven primarily by daytime heating and temperatures will be pretty close to normal for where they should be. For the 1st of March, our forecast details partly clear, mostly clear at times overnight tonight. Temperatures 72 to 76 degrees, a northeast breeze at 10 to 15 gradually diminishes through the overnight. Sunshine, partly sunny at times tomorrow. There is a small chance of a shower, highs 82 to 86. Still may see an isolated shower Friday night, mid-70s. Saturday looks delightful, partly to mostly sunny, mid-80s, and partly to mostly sunny skies as we look forward to Sunday. Temperatures will climb back into the lower and middle 80s. Rip current risk will be low to moderate at area beaches during the day tomorrow. For WTJX, I'm Precision Weather Meteorologist Russ Murley.
0: We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura-Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.